Dan is a great woodworker who understands the intricacies of shaping wood and really enjoys doing it by hand with planes and chisels. He could easily be lost in his own world, submerged in his tasks and oblivious to what's going on around him. There are a lot of artists like that. Yet every time anyone asks Dan for help, no matter what he's doing or how hard he's concentrating, he'll always drop whatever it is to lend a hand. He gives. His time, his experience, and his friendship. In a class which throws together 18 strangers of radically different backgrounds and talent levels for 10 months, students like Dan are part of the reason the class works so well. Also, Dan has spent four years making a sculpture for his wife. That is so unbelievably sweet and romantic it almost brings tears to my eyes. To dedicate four years worth of artistic effort to making another person happy. To communicate to them through your hands how much they mean to you. Dan is giving his wife a piece of himself. It's like he took the best piece of him and spent four years honing it and sculpting it to make it even better. And he'll give away that most beautiful piece of him for love. The world needs more of that. Here's my interview with Dan Rossi. Dan the man. Yes, sir. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Good. You worried? Mm, no. Nervous? A little bit. Gonna cry? No, no. I don't <laughs> think so. Let's see. Can't really know. So what was your professional background before you joined Fine Furniture? Mm. How far back do you want to go? As far as you want to go. I don't, I won't go too, Take too us far back. Through I've the done Dan a little bit of everything. Machine. Done lots of different things. I worked when I was young in the food and beverage industry and restaurants. And then, but for the most part, the last 10 years were in uh, oil and gas doing a couple different things. Like what? Uh, the first thing I started out doing was called production testing, which is, um, very boring for anybody who, well, even for people who do it, it's boring. Um, basically just test wells once they finish drilling them. So you can tell the old company how much gas they have. That's pretty much the gist of it. There's a lot of sitting around. There's a lot of ass time. <laughs> what kind of trade or artistic background did you have before fine furniture? Cause you had woodworking knowledge before you came into the program. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that's another thing that I did a little bit on the side i guess you could say like home renos and stuff for myself never really i guess here or there you know little small jobs i took on that that were kind of finishing carpentry type stuff uh but i just yeah i just started kind of making making little little things mostly little boxes and yeah small stuff I what just, got you into starting to make small wood projects what I don't know. That? I just always liked it, I guess. I just always liked making stuff. I can't even really think about how far back that goes, but probably quite a ways. Does it run in your family? Is that something you learned from your dad or your brother? Um, not really. No. Uh, it's kind of funny though. Like I, uh, even before I had, you know, an interest in, in making stuff, but right after my dad passed, my mom, I was, I can't remember what we, I think we were looking for some wood. I was going to make the box to hold the container with his ashes. And I was kind of admiring some wood. I can't remember what it was. And 
my mom said, oh, your dad used to love wood. And I, that's so weird. I didn't know that. And then from there, I was just, it just kind of went off. Like I just, I don't know. You made your dad's urn? No, not an urn. Like we got like the, this came in a container. It's, it's like a jar, like like a plastic jar. And then I just measured that out and made a box that that just sits into. And where's that box now? Oh, it's at my mom's house. What did it feel like to make a box that was going to hold your dad's remains? Uh, well, good, I guess. I mean, obviously it was kind of a sad time, but I uh, was pretty happy with how it turned out, even though I did have to employ some help along the way because I had no tools. Were you thinking about him while you made that box? Yeah, I'm sure I was. I mean, that was five or six years ago. I honestly don't totally remember. I'm sure I was though, yeah. Why did you enroll in fine furniture? Honestly, there was like a couple years where I would look at it and kind of think, that's too much to move the whole family down there. And eventually my wife just pushed me to do it. She just said, you just do it. What made you start looking at it in the first place? Uh, Just the interest of of woodworking. Yeah. Even it kind of definitely took off after I made that box for my dad. And then I made a few other, I made a bunch of little boxes to practice. And then I'm like, well, I kind of like this. And then I made that one and I was pretty happy with how it turned out. And like, I knew I was capable of making decent things, but I didn't have the knowledge that I wish I did you know, to take it further. Why'd your wife encourage you to take the plunge when you did? That's just the way she is. <laughs> just the way she is. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Why with your background, you know, you've done all sorts of different things you've done. You said some home renos, but also oil and gas. I mean, you've got mechanical, you could have chosen another medium. You could have chosen welding or ceramics. Why'd you choose wood? Oh God. Cause I like to make stuff out of wood. But why, why do you like to make stuff out of wood as um, opposed to metal? It's satisfying, I guess. I don't know. As opposed to metal, I mean, welding, you're just welding chunks of metal together, breathing in toxic fumes all day. I worked around a, a lot of welders and I just felt bad for them, honestly. Why? Just watching them like sitting in a cloud of their own <laughs> metal fumes. Like, and I, I don't know, I just, most trades, like I'm not, really after I was necessarily doing this because I'm after a career. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to improve skills because if I want to go and work, you know, if money's the main goal, I mean, there's, there's just nowhere else I could make the kind of money that anybody could make going up in oil and gas. Right. So it's not, it's not at all about money. What's it about? Just doing something I like to do. Yeah. I love it. What do you love about it? It's that the satisfaction, how good it feels when you make something and it doesn't always turn out great, but when it does, that's a good feeling. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Speaking of making a lot of money, how do you feel about the pipe trades? Oh man. I feel about the pipe trades. I don't really know. I feel like they're probably making more money than I'll ever make unless I go back up and, and work in the oil field. It's a necessary evil. That's how, <laughs> that's how I feel about it. What kind of friendships have you made in this program, if you've made any? Yeah, lots of good ones. Yeah. yeah. I think everybody that kind of gets into this kind of thing, 
has similar interests and similar personalities in, in some way at least. So, yeah, I mean, you take 18 people that have absolutely nothing in common other than woodworking, but uh, you start to realize that you do. What are some of those similar personality traits you think a lot of us might share? Apparently sarcasm is more of those. <laughs> That's true. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it seems like pretty well everybody's got a pretty good sense of humor and just kind of in the same same wavelength in some way, you know? Yeah. Do you think it'd be a different wavelength if we were working in a different medium like metal or maybe glass or something? Maybe. Maybe yeah. if you stuck somebody from pipe trades in here, I wonder what would happen. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. Yeah, what, I don't know. Yeah. What's been your best experience in the class so far? And And by experience... It can be anything. It can be a, a lesson, a project, a lecture, a homework assignment, whatever. Hmm. Well, so far the project I've been the happiest with is that traditional cabinet. I really, <clears throat> I was pretty happy with how that turned out. It had some defects and deficiencies, but uh, I felt good about that one. So I would say that. What? decides whether you're going to feel good about a project or not like what what where's where's the where's the dividing line between i felt good about this project and i feel like you know never doing woodworking again after i look <laughs> at this project for the most part i guess it's just if it turns out the way you picture it or the way you envision it or tried to make it and sometimes certain things happen by accident that turn out to look good and so that that's obviously, that's obviously fine, but it's, it's more if your goal, whatever your goal was, what you wanted to make and how you wanted it to turn out. And, uh, when it does turn out, that's, it's satisfying. So for you, success is execution. Were you able to execute yeah, your intention? So. Yeah. Does that carry over to your professional life as well? In what way? Like if you're in the fields, is a successful day a day that you were able to execute whatever task you had that day correctly? Like you mean when I was in oil and gas? Yeah. It's a little bit different because there was really, uh, there was really no pleasure involved in that. There was no satisfaction in that job other than the day ending and nothing bad happening. What about being a dad or do you, similar satisfaction, different kind of satisfaction? Different for sure. But, uh. Yeah, it's up to, it's high, like it's, it's high reward. I would say it's hard work. Different how? What's, uh, what's the set kind of satisfaction well, you get it's from? it's more emotional. Yeah. 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 What's been your most frustrating experience in the class? And again, experience can be anything. It doesn't have to be a project. Okay, let me, let me think for a second here. Ah, I don't know. I can't really... I can't really think of anything in particular. No. No. Nothing had you pulling your hair out. <laughs> no. I mean, I'm, there's been frustrating days. I mean, you know what? Probably the biggest thing is there's days where I'll come in here and I'll just kind of spin my wheels. Yeah. I'll try and start in on something and, you know, I work on it for two hours. It's a total bust. It doesn't work. You know, I'm making a jig. Two hours into it, you realize it's not going to work. You try and make another one or fix it. 
lunchtime rolls around, you haven't done anything. That's probably the most frustrating for me. That's, that's, that's pretty, uh, pretty difficult to handle. What do you think those days are about? Why is that just practicing the trade and you win some, you lose some, or is there a, is there an emotional element to it? Maybe I try and keep that out of it, but, uh, you know, I try and tell myself like, don't, you know, don't get worked up because it does happen to, to anybody. Mm -hmm. I'm sure of it. And, uh, yeah, it's probably just a, a learning experience. And obviously like not every day is like that. So as long as you can realize that and you know, Hey, maybe tomorrow might suck too, but might not, you might come in and get a whole pile of stuff done and go home and sleep like a baby. Cause you feel so good about it. What part of the curriculum has affected you the most? What lesson, what, again, what lecture or what concepts for better or for worse? You know what? The design part of it, which is something that it's so obviously part of, of making furniture, making anything, but I've never, ever even considered it at all. Mm-hmm. And I think now the, the, it's opened a lot of doors for sure. Was your chair the first thing you ever designed? Um, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Are you happy with it? So far, yeah. Why? Like, I, it's just gone so according to plan so far. But are you happy uh, with the design? Yeah, I am. I, uh, I had these high hopes of doing something, you know, completely original and nothing, you know, wouldn't resemble anything. And I mean, the reality is there just wasn't any time to do that. Mm-hmm. I had to basically pick something, roll with it and do the best. What'd you pick? Uh, the Maloof style. Uh, Maloof rocker? Not a rocker, no, just a chair, kind of a bit of a hybrid almost between a bunch of different styles of things that he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you pretty satisfied with your ability to incorporate some of that into the project? It's pretty early on, but <laughs> <laughs> so far, uh, it feels pretty good. There's challenges for sure. What do form and function mean to you? And has our discussion of those concepts changed how you feel about them? That's a weird one for me. Why is I that? Still, I think D said it too. And I just totally agreed. Like, I just like, I hear that. And it's one of those things that just doesn't sink in. It doesn't, I don't know. What does I get the, in? I get the idea of it, but it's, you know, it's not one of those things that just clicks and you go, oh yeah, yeah, that's what it is. But yeah, I don't know. It's do you think of, part of the issue is that they're not fundamentally separate or not two different concepts? I don't know. I think it's just the way, the, the way I see it and look at it and, you know. How do you see it and look my, at it? My brain just skips over certain things and apparently that's, that's one of them. <laughs> I don't know. So what does your brain do when you're asked to analyze form separate from function? I just do the best I can. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that I did a good job of it. Has this program changed how you feel about trade or art? Art for sure. I mean, trade, I've kind of worked around and close to, uh, trades for, for, you know, most of my life. So, but I always saw trades as more like the, you know, and somebody, not, not something that somebody would do out of, out of passion and desire. Like, you know, there's very few passionate plumbers out there. 
Um, but this is different. Like it's, it, there's a lot of people that don't care, you know, how much money's involved and they're not after trying to get rich and build a huge empire. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, I kind of brought that to light. Why did you think trade was only something you did if you had to? I don't know. I guess that's just the majority of the trades. That's what they are. Mm-hmm. You know, even carpentry, like some people, some people love it, you know, to be able to build something, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of grunt work in there that n- nobody likes. I'm sure of it, but. How did the program change how you feel about art? Uh, well, I definitely appreciate it more. I kind of, I, I tend to analyze it more in a different way. What way? And, and you know, just, you know, look at the, the details of something. And I think before my, uh, you know, my vision of what type of art I liked was very, very narrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's definitely broadened quite a bit now. Everything gets a better chance. What What do you like now that you didn't like or didn't know about eight months ago, nine months ago? It's certain certain forms of art. I just didn't like what. Uh, well, I guess a lot of the uh, uh, how would you describe it? Like just the certain art forms, they're just kind of more uh, crude and abstract, and you know, I just there's a lot of things that I would look at and just think, why? Like how is how is that a work of art? How has that changed? Well, the process that like, goes into it and how much effort, regardless of what it looks like at the end, how much effort has gone into getting it to that point, how much planning and, and thought. Appreciate the process. Yeah. 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 How do you define art? You know, that's another one of those I just can't. Eh, give it a shot. You're a smart guy. How do I define art? No right answers. No, there's not. I mean, anything, I guess, that uh, that is to be appreciated visually mm-hmm. in whatever way, whatever way. So William Morris defines art as the pleasure that laborers take in their labor. What do you think of that definition? That's, uh, that's pretty deep, for sure. <laughs> well, you agree, you disagree? Uh... I never thought of it that way, I guess. Mm-hmm. I can't disagree. Why not? Because it makes sense. Mm. It makes sense. Like some, yeah, some people love certain, certain things that, you know, processes that other people hate. So, yeah, I mean, whatever, whatever you love to do, I mean, yeah, I guess that's art to you. Do you think art is affected by politics and economics? I'd like to think it's not, but I'm sure it is. I really don't keep myself too in tune with politics. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure it is. Everything is. How do you think art is influenced by them? So, I mean, f- for sure, somehow by money. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that is probably the heaviest influence on everything. Wherever there's a demand because of money, that's what people are going to, people that are interested in, in the money, not necessarily the art entirely, are just going to focus on that and try and make the money. 
Do you think it's possible to be a fully realized artist in this 21st century capitalist society where you need to put gas in the truck and food on the kids' plates? I think so. Why? It's Why harder. is that possible? Uh, I don't know. I think that's always going to be, I think that's always going to be possible because there's some people that are just so good at what they do mm -hmm. that they don't even have to, it seems like they're not putting in an effort. Mm, really, none of us can really tell what's going on in their head. Maybe they're, you know, stressing about every little thing, but it seems like everything's smooth and nothing, you know, there's no effort going into anything and the outcome is just perfect. And Do you think I, that's natural talent? Do you think that's acquired skill? A bit there, of both? A bit of both, but I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of natural talent. If you, if you look at woodworking, there's people that are some of the best are mm -hmm. self-taught. And, uh, I mean, the, the, the ability comes with practice. If you just have, you know, the, uh, the artistic talent to translate over, I think it all comes together as long as you stick with it and, and keep practicing. What do you think you're the best at? Oh boy. <laughs> uh, you mean like as far as woodworking goes? No, just trades, arts, crafts. Uh, I don't know. Oh, come on. Take a guess. I should, have, I should have read the question. I Take should have guess. been prepared for this one. <laughs> this actually isn't on the list of questions. Oh, you got me. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Honestly, take a guess. Don't be modest. What do I think I'm the best at? Yeah. You're writing a resume and you get to the skills section. What's number one? Uh, you know what? I feel like I'm pretty good at problem solving. Mm -hmm. uh, there's definitely uh, been some challenges where as far as problem solving in here goes or started to make me second guess that. But I mean, a lot of the last 10 years of work that I'd done were pretty intense problem solving situations, but in a very different, you know, in a mm -hmm. very different application. So, but I think that translates over. You just have to practice, you know, in your particular, whatever you're doing. What is the first thing you would make if you had no monetary or environmental constraints as you had as much money as you wanted to make something and you didn't have to worry about the effect it have on the environment well, uh, and you're talking about like a piece of furniture anything it can be a furniture piece of furniture it could be a sculpture it could be a building yeah. it could be a giant you know artistic pool of acid whatever you want it to be <laughs> you know? oh Oh man, I, I would honestly build the most beautiful desk out mm. of Cocoa Bolo, for sure. Why a desk? I don't know. I don't know. Kieran will get a laugh out of that one. Why Cocoa Bolo? Uh, I, I just, I, I think that's probably the most beautiful uh, hardwood. I mean, there's lots of really, really, really nice woods but i think that one is uh there's something different about it what do you love about it just the the, the appearance the color the green the, the figure uh, what have you made out of cocobola uh not a lot really i have uh, a couple little boxes i mean the lids out of that um yeah most of it most of it is tucked away waiting for the right project did you give any to your wife 
uh, anything I made out of it. Out of Coco Bolo, yeah. I am actually working on something that has been in the works for about two or, no, like four years. For her? Yeah, for her. What is it? I shouldn't say because she, I I doubt she's going to listen to this, but if she does. You want it to be a secret? Yeah, I want it to be a surprise, yeah. Uh, What? What do you think she'll do when she sees it? Um, I don't know. I think she'll be uh, surprised for sure because of what it is. You can pretty, it's pretty obvious how long it's been in the works. Mm-hmm. Have you started making it? Yeah, I started, um, like I said, like four years ago. Oh, wow. And then, you know. You started not just design, but actually construction four yeah, years ago. Yeah. It's a little sculpture. That's all I can divulge. But yeah. uh, so there's not really a lot of design, but um, yeah. And then the first kid came along, and there's been absolutely no time. To... Are you going to give it to her on a special occasion, or just oh, yeah. when you're it's done? It's been this long. I'll uh, I'll wait. I'll wait. I don't know if it'll be a birthday or a just when she's really really mad at you. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I like that. What is the first thing, or what is something you would make for me if I asked you to make something sacred to you? And sacred can be, they have a million definitions. Some For some people, sacred is a religious experience. For other people, you know, something for your kids might be sacred, or something that reminds you of your childhood, or your father might be sacred. It, you know, it can be anything. What would it be? I think it, more than anything would be what it would be made out of. What would it be made out of? I think you can guess. <laughs> Why is Coco Bolo <laughs> sacred to you? Because it's just so hard to come by. It, it doesn't even have anything to do with with the fact that it's ridiculously expensive. Because I've, I've come across it relatively cheap. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's just one of those things that it's it's not... It's not going to be abundant for very long. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's disappearing. And, and it's... Indigenous to Costa Rica, where, it, your, where your family's from. Yeah. Well, it's indigenous starting in Mexico and then down to Panama. So it's got a pretty, pretty decent range. But uh, there's, yeah, there's quite a bit of it in Costa Rica, but it's heavily poached, unfortunately. Is one of the reasons you love it because it reminds you of Costa Rica? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I had no idea. I never even heard of it before, and you know, I just was uh, buying uh, some exotics from a guy with a little lumber mill. And where was this? In Costa Rica, like somewhere in the close to the Pacific beaches. We were on our way to the beach. Yeah. And uh, he said, "Oh, I've got this," and took me over by his house. It was sitting under a tree. It was so weathered that it was just gray. And he told me, you know, yeah, this is a really good one. And so, yeah, here, 10 bucks, I think. He gave me this big, long board. And I still had no idea until I got got it back. And I'm like, oh, I got to sand this to get this thing home, I guess, and make it look finished. And yeah, I started sanding it. And I'm like, whoa, what is this? And then I started researching it. And what, it all went from there. What did you make out of that first board? I don't, I haven't made anything out of this. You still have that board? All of them, yeah. Wow. Bit by bit, every time I go to Costa Rica, I bring another piece. 
But you haven't made anything out of Coca-Cola. Just little carvings and like little, you know, like poles and stuff. You what know? are you waiting for? The right. I mean, before I didn't really have, I have, I don't have a shop set up. I've got some tools now that I'm looking to set up once we're done here, but uh, I just didn't have the means to do it. Mm-hmm. Or the uh, design expertise. To do it justice. Exactly. You still don't know what you're going to make out of it. No. You must have some ideas having been in this course for nine months. I mean, depending, you know, going by like the size of the boards and stuff, like it would have to be like a small cabinet or something like that. Kind of like the little cabinet we built, maybe something like that. A little or, wall hung. Yeah. Maybe save up enough to do like a little nightstand or something. Yeah. If you only had three tools to use for the rest of your wood making career, woodworking career, what would you pick? I have to admit, this is the one and one of the only ones I actually thought about and kept thinking about when I read your questions. So I do have a prepared answer for this. Great. Uh, a bandsaw. Okay. A hand plane. Okay. If I had to specify, probably a number four or five. Okay. And should do I get a whole set of chisels or just one chisel? <laughs> yeah, whatever you want. The negotiation starts. It's always a negotiation. <laughs> if I can have a whole set of chisels, I'll have a whole set of chisels. You are a hand plane aficionado, I think it's fair to say. What do you love about hand planes? It's oddly satisfying just planing a piece of wood. Describe I, that I don't know. feeling. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just trying to describe it. Well, it's just, it's... It's satisfying. What's satisfying? Oh, just how smooth it is. And, and, and the fact that maybe, maybe it goes back to before, cause I, you know, I had a couple little hand planes. I bought it, you know, secondhand stores or something that I got home, just tried to plane wood and disaster, <laughs> like just disaster. And then finally coming here, being shown not only how to set it up properly, but how to sharpen it. I'm mm-hmm. sure the things I had were dull as a spoon and I was trying to clean wood with them. Uh, and the technique, right? Like grain direction and which if you have no idea, yeah, I could see how somebody, yeah, most people would grab a hand plane and go, what, like how, why do people use this thing? Mm-hmm. This is barbaric. Mm-hmm. But then once you've learned and it's really not that easy, to set it up properly, it works beautifully. Mm-hmm. It works beautifully and it can do things that machines can't do. Are you going to buy yourself a planer and a jointer or are you just going to do it all already, hand plane? already have that. I already have a nice planer and a nice jointer sitting in, in storage. Yeah. I'm not against tool power tools at all. You know, if it's, uh, I've done things where I've, you know, made a goal of using nothing but hand tools. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, you know, practice is part of it for sure, but it's satisfying mm-hmm. if it turns out well. But uh, as far as using machines and, and, you know, doing something in 30 seconds, what might take you an hour to do, mm-hmm. yeah, that's... That's a nice time saver. Yeah, makes sense. What sensual memory of the shop do you think will stay with you the longest? It can be a sight or a smell or a sound a taste hmm. 
generic memory, a specific incident? I think maybe just putting, you know, that first coat of finish on something that you've, you've been working on for a while. And, uh, you know, it's going to look really good once you throw some finish on. Not the way I throw finish. Well, <laughs> that's not true, job senior work. Yeah. What, what is it about that moment that you find so memorable? Well, I mean, part of it is the visual, you know, how good it looks. But I think the other part is is the the relief mm -hmm. that it's done. And as long as it went well and according to plan, that's a pretty big sense of relief. You're probably not published. finishing it if it went really, really poorly. Exactly. Yeah. You're not going to put, yeah, you might, but <laughs> your heart won't be in it. What do you think of Sandra and Beth? I think they're great. What's great about them? I think they're they're really good at what they do. Um, you can tell, obviously, they they love to teach mm -hmm. and and spread. Not everybody can do that. I think most people can't do it. Yeah. So I think it's it's really amazing when somebody who clearly is so good at doing something will instead of just doing that, take the time and dedicate the time to teach somebody else how to do it and pass it along because yeah, there's the, the majority of people don't have the patience. Mm -hmm. Do you think you would? No. You're a pretty patient guy. I don't know. <laughs> as far as teaching stuff, I, I, I struggle with that a little bit. Uh, I think you're a natural teacher. I guess it depends. I don't know. Any final thoughts? It's not really a question, but anything we haven't talked about that you want to bring up, any answers to questions I haven't thought to ask, just any feelings about the program, about your journey, about woodworking? Well, I'm definitely happy I, I ended up here. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is one of, the, one of the best decisions I ever made. Why? I just, I love it. I, lo I love every, every part of, you know, making things. Well, there's obviously parts that are a little bit tedious. I don't love sanding, but the outcome is, is worth it. Um, and I just learned so many things that I, that I never would have learned. Um, I have a lot more to learn, but I think I have a pretty good understanding of where to go now, mm -hmm. which, which way to go and what to focus on. And, I don't think I would have ever got to that point without coming here. I had a, quite a few people that were like, what are you, like, you're going to do what? Like, you're, <laughs> you're like 40 something years old and you got two little kids, like, it's kind of too late for you, you know? And what do you not. say when they say it's too late for you? It's not. I mean, some people, that's their personality. They never would do it. You know, I, 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 I can see that. Like, it's just not. I just went for it, I guess, and I don't regret it at all. Great. Yeah. Dan the man, thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it.